Hello, this is episode 165 of the Global Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Nisha O'Reilly. This episode is on distance learning and why is it viewed to be so difficult. This possibly won't be a popular podcast, but when have I ever cared about that? To borrow a line that was said to me in a local village a few months ago, we are all in different lanes with this. And I feel many people who moan about remote learning have the privilege to do so. Why do we feel it's so hard? I struggle to record this podcast. I've been making notes now for over a week, but I think it's really good to be upfront about this. It's a subjective problem, and there's a small part of me that would like to shake what I view to be the privileged people. So let's define privilege. There are two parents, regardless of gender. There are two incomes. There's technology. There's access to the internet and resources. There's a home and there's outside support. If you have all of those, it's time to stop moaning on social media and sit down and take a reality check and find a way to make this work. No one's falling behind, and I'm not going to go over old ground here, but I've listed many benefits to this time for the people growing up in it. I see huge developmental benefits to what people are going through, And I see it as a massive reality check for us to think about the concepts of parenting, family and education. And one episode you could go back to is the idea of letting perfection go. There are still no bombs falling here. And there's also the reality that many men can take a career leave without their whole career going up in smoke. And I'm just going to leave that here. So maybe by the end of this pandemic, you might have equality at home, which will be an excellent starting point for having it beyond. Because many of the challenges I see are these challenges that haven't been resolved and have already been in the home for a very long time. We just haven't had the circumstances to witness just how much juggling some women have been doing. It shows me even more that we don't have equality in education that it's not a level playing field, that we've completely lost the point. My social media at the moment is aligned to currently see every victory that every black person has overcome. Can you imagine how beneficial distance learning might have been? How much you could have achieved without being literally spat at? There are many students I work with who have already chosen to do distance learning because they don't like the system and they don't like what it's creating and they don't like the fact that they're not being encouraged to think for themselves and that they don't like very basic things like the complete lack of respect within the education system. Some personalities more than others really struggle with not having respect and many of the people I work with who've already chosen to be outliers outside the system, that's the most basic requirement that's not being met for them. They're perfectly happy to do self-teaching and self-learning and self-motivation. And often I laugh because parents come to me and say, oh, he's just not motivated. That's not the truth. They just haven't been met in the space that they need to be met in in order to feel that it's, they have a reason to be motivated and that they are actually worthwhile enough. So all of that has just left the arena. There's no, as I said, 
There's no reason for anybody to be bullied right now. And that's huge. Always say there are no stupid people in the world. I think there are multiple forms of intelligence. And it's just that people don't have a way to express themselves. But occasionally I struggle. Like when I see a video of people on a beach in Florida who think they're plants. Because they're explaining very confidently to the interviewer how they shouldn't wear a mask because they'll die inhaling their own CO2. But what's extraordinary about that is that that requires a certain level of knowledge and that's what your education system has actually created. And what's really extraordinary for me is the confidence in which it's delivered in. So right now we have the potential to promote lifelong learning, independent learning, but most importantly, critical thinking. When I started my own school, I really wanted to understand why, if you could write, and most importantly spell and read, why you didn't just get straight A's in all of your exams. And this is where we really start to see that if the purpose of education is just to get exams, there's a part of me that feels that we should just get on with it. I don't feel this is the purpose, but I can play the game if you like. I hate the game, but I learned a very valuable lesson when I did the UK A-level system in a year after completing the Irish education system, because we did the whole Irish course in the first three weeks of those classes. And so I showed that it's possible to do the core work that you need to do to get an exam and do well in 35 hours. That if you're only teaching to get an exam, if that's your only purpose, it's very possible to do that. And for me, I think that many educational professionals have lost sight. If that is the goal, your job is to get people through. And that is exceedingly doable. We try to make it far more complicated than it really is. And sometimes I feel that there's an element of, well, I had to go through this and this was really difficult, so let's have everybody else go through this. I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of teachers who don't have this thinking, and many of them, I've deliberately gravitated towards them because they did find subjects like higher level maths very difficult. And so when they wanted to teach it to other people, they wanted it to be presented in a way and to show them that it's not actually rocket science. I prefer education to have a bigger purpose, and this is our chance to look at that. For me, the biggest purpose of education is to prepare you for your next. Whatever that is, is irrelevant. You should be able to finish any level of education and be capable of lifelong learning. And it's extraordinary how many people even finished doctoral research and don't feel capable of independent research themselves and they don't feel that they can be creative within that to construct new ideas to research. Let's look at a university that actually has been built on the concept of blended learning and minimal contact time. And that's the Open University in the UK that was founded in 1969. This has always been described to me as the third university of the UK. There were the eminent universities such as Oxford and Cambridge, and there were 
what were viewed as the vocational universities, which got upgraded to having university status in my time studying in the UK. And many of those universities were more practical. And then there was the third choice, which was the open university, which was for everybody who didn't feel that education was doable for them because they dropped out, they were a bit older, they were a single parent, their families didn't have a history of education, they needed to work to raise the money for their courses, and they needed a flexible environment to work in. And the way that they televised many of the tutorials was to take a BBC and to use the late night scheduling programming to do that on the national TV. And then you had tutorials with your tutor and you even now have this sort of sense that you occasionally, if you're doing the distance learning program, will meet up with the tutor in a location with the other class members who are doing it from that region. Then you all travel to a central point. And that is blended learning because you're independently learning you're having access to the course material, you have access to a tutor, and you occasionally have face time. And the Open University has been doing that since 1969. So it doesn't seem that big a deal for me right now for other people to go and look at that model and figure out what they've been doing. I worry that we feel that the whole point of learning and going to school is to learn how to be social. It's not. There are other environments that you are supposed to have the time to develop your own personality and your own sense of self and grow into yourself. We've never gone to school to do that either. And in many cases, I feel that we spend a lot of time. I, I wrote the quote a long time ago when I started my own school. The personality was an inconvenience in school. And certainly many of the people I work with are treated that their personality is an inconvenience in the classroom. So I don't see that as a good social experiment. Before that level, higher level of education, for me, the purpose of learning is to find your passions and find what you're good at. And I've spoken in one of the other podcasts about the fact that Montessori was even started in a socially challenged neighbourhood of Rome. And it was to help the children to not demolish the um, blocks of flats that they were living in. That it was costing the council too much money to keep fixing um, these unsu- the damage of these unsupervised children. And so I'm not surprised that the legacy that we've been left behind with Montessori in many ways is about child distraction rather than child development. And again, we're, we're falling into that cycle again now. Many of the Montessori methods are very easy to recreate. There there is a vast array of material now on the web for people to take inspiration from. Many of the learning materials can be created from household items. So in a way, how easy has distance learning just become? And how much more can we think about equality in education? Because we have to think about it in terms of distance learning now. This is going to run into the next episode, which I'm going to do on continuous assessment, because I feel that the two are very interlinked in us losing the actual root purposes of education and learning right now. 
And those are the big questions that are happening. And I really do wish that the people who have access to the internet would stop complaining about the fact that they have to do something different here and to look at what's being done different for a very long time, the models that are out there, and that blended learning is really not the end of the world and that it develops extraordinarily talented, capable people who have a great passion for learning. And that is what I would really hope would come out of education right now.